I told Ken a year ago that uh, with Mike's uncertainty, if Mike were to leave Detroit, that the Red Wing job was the job that I wanted most of any in the NHL. And I told him that. There's certainly personal reasons for that. I was born in Detroit. My dad was a Detroit cop for 10 years. I grew up in Sault Ste. Marie. I was a Red Wing fan, an avid Red Wing fan growing up. Um, it's a great city that I believe in. It's a great organization, Original Six. Welcome to Winging in Motown Radio. My name is Kyle. With me today, I've got some of my good friends. I've got JJ, I've got Graham, and I've got Joe. We've got a small crew for you tonight, but hey, whatever, we're still going to do it anyways. Guys, how you doing tonight? I feel Hello? fantastic. <laughs> it is way too hot in Southern California. I don't want to hear it. Are you kidding me? It was like 90 degrees in Michigan today. It was 100. Yeah, oh, but... Sh- you- oh, shit. Ah. Anaheim, you don't have humidity, so I don't want to hear it from you, okay? <laughs> And you also, Disney. also, nobody cares about hockey where you're at, so... It was very pleasant in Kansas, and uh, we had, like, both nice weather and we have water, so... Fuck yeah. You know what the problem is with living in Kansas is that you live in fucking Kansas. Yeah, that's true. Wow. Got him. Yep. Just kidding. Uh, hey. So, Graham, I haven't heard your lovely voice. How are you? Uh, I'm good. Um, are we doing, still doing the weather stuff, or... Because it rained here, so... Yeah, that means it's going to rain here soon. So if yes, you want to know weather stuff, go ahead. If it's you ever want to know what your weather's going to be like in Michigan, just like read my tweets or something from the day before, and then that's yeah. that's what it is. So is tomorrow, if I, read, if I read your tweets from the day before, is all I get are pictures of alcohol. I have three children. Like, what do you expect it to be at this point? <laughs> First thing, I thought you were going to be like, I have three children. I don't drink. You asshole. <laughs> <laughs> oh no no i i actually bought a liquor cabinet on sunday because i had so much alcohol was spilling over into my kitchen and dining room and bedroom so i thought you know I what yeah, i just I gotta you. put it on one spot because i remember going to jj's house at one point when i was in kansas and he pulled out a very nice bottle of scotch and he's like you want some scotch and i was like i don't really drink scotch but yeah i guess i'll have it and he's like thank god i'll have the scotch <clears throat> Yeah, that was before you called Scotch Garbage on Twitter, so uh, I'm not giving you any more. Thank you. mm. Anyways, so we're all doing fine, I guess. Yeah, yeah, sure, why not? Yeah, I'm healthy. All right, long story short, we're good. So, um, guys, we're getting pretty close. Getting pretty close to the the regular season, and uh, that's a good thing, I think. How do you guys feel about that? I mean, what do we got? Two weeks until training camp? I mean, that's big because that means what we essentially have two weeks until preseason. Eh, maybe a little bit more, but, you know, we'll go ahead and we'll round down to it. But uh, let's say we have two weeks until preseason. Hi. Hello. Nobody gives a shit about preseason. All right. We went like, we went like two full seconds and I'm like, fuck it. I'm just going to let him, I'm just going to leave him hanging. I just want to see what he does. <laughs> yeah, that's I did too. <laughs> You guys gave me the anti-Dan Cleary. That's great. You're not going to leave me hanging. Just going to fucking abandon me. Very nice. Thank you. Anyways, we'll talk about that later. Um, So let's just go. Since nobody gives a shit about preseason, apparently, uh, we'll just go ahead and jump right into it. 
Um, so <clears throat> we had a couple of updates on uh, one of our favorites. At least, you know, I've always given him a hard time, and, you know, that's okay. You're allowed to do that in sports, but I've always given him a hard time. But after this summer, thanks to social media, I've really grown really close to this, this guy. Uh, Johan Franzen, uh, guy who's been with us forever, uh, kind of gave us a little bit of an update. Not so much him, but uh, Brad uh, Galley of, uh, what does he work for? One of the TV stations, Fox, I think. Um, I don't really follow the local TV stations. I mean, whatever. But um, So he kind of gave us a couple of quotes on uh, Johan Franzen. From Johan Franzen, I should say. Uh, and it wasn't that great. It was actually kind of concerning. Um for a guy who you have locked up for a very long time, granted you have him locked up at a very cat friendly, you know, AAV. Uh, it's still it's something that's really concerning. Not so much as a sports fan, but as like a, a human, you know, as a as a as a person who recognizes, hey, family is kind of a big deal. Um, I mean, you guys, what do you what? I mean, you guys want to elaborate on that? Yeah, it's uh, that's the shittiest thing about like how awesome he's been on instagram because i just kind of wanted like to forget about him but then he got instagram he was like he's been amazing uh like it was very much like a redemption kind of story as far as like the fan interest goes and then like he was talking i'm working hard and i want to get back there and i was starting to think like yeah man i can actually see it happening and and i could be i could make myself comfortable with it and then that shit came out um that was, you know, I'm still having headaches every day. Or if I, I work out, I have yeah. to go home and sleep for the rest of the day. And it's like, oh, shit. Okay, don't come back. Just please put yourself on LTIR for the rest of your career. Right. Um, you know, you keep putting pictures of your cute kids out on Instagram like that. And it's like, hey, I want to see hey. that kid have a father. So let's, yeah, just, and we, we can't force him to do anything. But, yeah, he should he should just go on LTIR and, and right. just stay there. I mean, the thing is, is that, you know, when Franzen, when Franzen is at his peak, you know, when he's not on one of his, like, cold streaks, he's, he's fucking incredible. Like, he kicks ass he kicks at ass hockey. At hockey. Yeah. I mean, you know, I remember last year at one point when, like, at the beginning of the season when he was, like, on one of his hot streaks, I was like, this guy is, like, I'd rather have him than Hosa right now. This is great. This is awesome. You know, and then obviously the thing is, is that he hits his cold streak or he gets injured. You know, he it, it's like it's like clockwork. He always gets injured in some way, shape, or form, whether it's a concussion or whether it isn't. the The fact of the matter is that <clears throat> he's had more concussions in his career that you can count than you can count on one hand, and that's kind of a problem. Not so much as a as a hockey fan, but as you know. A, a person who follows a team, who cares about a team, who is really emotionally invested in a team. It's like, you know, I've seen him get really involved in social media over the summer. I've seen pictures of his kids, his pictures of his wife, you know, how he is, how he interacts towards them, how he really cares about them. And it's just like, I see this stuff where he's like, yeah, I'll work out for four hours and then I have to go home and lay in bed for eight hours in the dark because my head hurts. on. It's not worth it. That's like not cool at all. And I don't know. I mean, I understand that he wants to return and he wants to do whatever he can, like whatever he can do to like make a return and help the team. But at some point the team has to go, Hey dude, like (laughs) thanks, but 
no fucking thanks. Let's just chill out. You know what I mean? So, I mean, Graham, Joe, what do you guys feel about that? I mean, he said that he wants to go out on his own terms, and that's pretty much the way any athlete would want to go out. But not everyone does get to go out on their own terms. And this is one case where the circumstances are just so extenuating that Franzen really doesn't have much control doesn't have much control over uh whether he's going to come back or not uh i know that like since it's a bunch of concussion symptoms that have been popping up consistently whenever he works out it's probably not likely that he's even going to get a clear anyway since he'll have to be symptom free for like a week or something before a doctor would even consider clearing him for like contact or whatever but it's still concerning to see the way this has developed and that it's still going still apparently headed for the reality where Franzen is going to play again next season. Yeah, I mean um if there is a saving grace it's that uh from what I understand he has to be cleared by a neurologist at the University of Michigan. Right. So it's not like a, is, it's not a Red Wing team doctor right. clearing him. Doctor. Where they can right, where they can maybe exert a little bit of control, or you know, maybe Franz can talk. I mean, this is a doctor who is ultimately going to be putting his his reputation on the line. And if he clears Franz and and Franz takes, you know, a seemingly innocent hit, and that ends his career, yeah, it's going to be a big deal. So, um, I kind of like the fact that this decision hopefully is being taken away from him. I understand the mentality of wanting to go out on his own terms, but I mean, the fact is, this guy is. You know, he said he's still having weekly setbacks. That's concerning, considering he hasn't played a hockey game in nine months. So, uh, if he's still having them still that frequently, he he shouldn't be he yeah. shouldn't be back on the ice. He shouldn't be taking contact because um, you, you don't want him to to end up in a really bad place. You, you know, the the we've we've gone through this before with Patrick Eves, right? It was the same kind of thing. And Patrick Eves, what missed basically a calendar year of hockey. He's able to resume right. his career, but Eves, um, he plays a little bit of a different game than Franzen does. Franzen is, Franzen's game is predicated on him being physical. And if he's not going to be physical, I don't think he's going to be as effective. And, you know, from a hockey perspective, if he's not going to be effective, you don't want him out there. But at the same time, if he is going to be physical, and he, but he can take a hit that could potentially end his career, I mean, that, I want that even less. So, you know, yeah. I, I just... I just would I would want him to just, you know, take another few months, yeah, be symptom free for a long time and then yeah. see if he can come back. I don't necessarily want Franzen to call it quits. What I want him to do is take more than like I mean, maybe more than a quarter of a year to like figure out it's like, hey, not not more than a week, like, oh, I have him every week. Like, you know, I want him to take maybe a week to see if they persist. You know, I mean, personally, me, I want to see if, if, if it takes more than half a year. Because um, I don't think that, I mean, obviously the team needs all the help they can get. But I don't think they need him right now, obviously. So I think the best bet for him, at like, I think he has already made his mistake in, like, you know, working out like he is healthy. Because he's not healthy. I think he should have taken this entire summer off to not 
think about hockey, not think about returning. Just think about his family. Think about his, you know, his friends. Hang out with whoever he is. Friends on, you know, Gustav Nyquist, and you know, you know, make him his stupid little bed sheets and and shit like that. You know, which are hilarious. Um, I think he should have just taken a chill pill and just relaxed, and that's it. And he kind of, I think he went around about it the wrong way, you know, and I don't blame him. I get it when you're, when you are attached to something and you want, you know, when it's, I mean, hockey is his life. I get it. Um, I just would have really rather him taken the entire summer off and not even think about returning for game one, maybe returning for a game in like fucking December, not in October or even September. You know what I mean? So, ah, whatever. I'm not disagreeing with you, Kyle, but I'm trying to imagine what happens if he spends this summer going on Instagram and, like, being this good himself. And then, like, he actually somehow does get cleared because he's taken all summer off. And now what happens is in, like, early November or anything like that, he is badly out of shape. Like, how the fans react to that. (laughs) And it's not not positive. Right. No, I mean, the thing I've learned about Johan Franzen, and it's something I've learned about myself, myself. Is that that unless he is unless on a he hot is street, on a street, nobody is nobody. really happy. You know what I mean? Unless he, if he's had yeah. on one of his cold streaks where he's streaky, nobody's happy with him. Anyways, everybody's like, ah, oh, we should just fucking let's buy him out. We need to get rid of him. You know, I mean, and nobody really understands. It's like, hey, we've got you know a what a a forty or fifty point power forward at three point seven five mil a year. You know, that's actually kind of a really good fucking deal. You know, I mean, he's old, he's fragile, but it's actually not that bad of a deal. Um, you know, you could spend that money on, you know, I mean, a player like Gustav Nyquist where he's, you know, he, he costs a little bit more, but, you know, whatever. Um, I, I agree with you. I think that, you know, after a summer of him being on, a funny on Instagram and being all goofy and showing pictures of his, his, his son driving in his car or whatever it is, his Jeep, um, you know, you can't really, you know, you, you give that perception, but the thing is, the fact of the matter the is, is that, the the matter is that fans think, you know what I mean? So it's like, you, you just got to do what's best for yourself. That's been our blog's motto forever. Absolutely. Are there any final <laughs> thoughts on the Johan Franzen situation? Do we want him to return? I mean, do we really want that to happen? If he can, uh, <laughs> It's there such a, a caveat of, of whether or not I want him to yeah, return. Let's just yeah, put it that way. Right. Yes. It's it's if he can be healthy. Yeah. Which he can't. I mean, I, I know right now I can confidently say I don't – I mean, he can appear to be healthy and maybe he can clear to be healthy like from a, you know, a team doctor or something. But the fact of the matter is that he – it's not up to a team doctor at this point. Um, and if, it, if, if, if the doctor from U of M says – this guy isn't good to go, then it's like, okay, you should probably just long-term inter-reserve him until next year and see, you know, what's, what's, <laughs> what's good. You know, it's, it's not worth it. It's, you know, you, you can't, I don't know. I would rather miss the playoffs than put somebody's life at risk, somebody's family at risk. And I know that's like a shitty fan thing to say, but it's like, I don't want to see that happen. You know, like like JJ has said it before, and, you know, I said it, I saw Yuri Fisher's last game 
I don't want to see Johan Franzen's last game. I'd rather him go out on his own, you know, like, hey, we're just going to long-term injury reserve you and you're done. You know, I don't want to see, hey, you can't play anymore because you got knocked in the head that one game and we just, <laughs> you were down for like 20 minutes. Like, I don't want that to happen. I, I can't handle that at all. So that's me. Franzen's, like, he does want to go out on his own terms and like obviously in every player's mind that's going out winning a championship winning a stanley cup with the red wings but it's not it's not a bad situation to retire like not obviously it's not a bad situation to end his career in. he's been a productive player for pretty much every single season he's played with the red wings even if he has been injured right. for a lot of it mm-hmm. he's won a stanley cup he went on an absolutely magical playoff uh a playoff run that season and I think the next season afterwards he set a fr- he tied a franchise record for goals in a series uh with nine goals in four games against the, the Aval- in that avalanche sweep in 08 and like the the record was held by Gordy Howe who scored nine goals in seven games so yeah like he has he's had a career to be proud of he's led the Red Wings right, in right. for multiple seasons you know you you want to go out on your own terms but these are pretty good terms to go out on. Yeah. I mean, I get it. If I was if I was a professional athlete, you know, you're never satisfied with what you've done. You always want to accomplish more. And that, I get it, but you know, it's it you know, you have to think about your son. So, anyways, I hate to cut this short, guys. I really do, but the there's there's other things we got to talk about tonight. Um Johan Franzen, if you are listening to this, please just do what's safe for your family. Thank you. Um, Because I know you probably listen to this every night that we do it because we are awesome and we are better than everybody else. But anyways, (laughs) to go on with that, you guys, the Red Wings, we just, it's like, it's like, it feels like, uh, it's it's like Red Wings Christmas. It's just, you know it's coming. There's nothing you can do. Hey, you, can ask oh, for what you, want. you can ask for what you want, but you're not going to fucking get it. Dan Cleary has been re-signed. Mm. Oh, God. It's like, <laughs> and to be, uh, God, to be completely crude about it, it's like feeling like cold weather is coming, and you're wearing like a bathing suit, and you just go inward. You know what I mean? It's just bad. It's bad. It sucks. So it, it, it's, it's, you know, and the thing is, is that we knew from the moment that the season ended, it was coming. We knew it was coming, but, you know, we spent all off season saying, oh, yeah, haha, there's no way they could do it because this guy is going on waivers and that guy's going on waivers. How could they possibly be that stupid? But that one fucking year where that, you know, that, that promise was given. It still lives to haunt this organization. And it's just like, you know, you want to sit in your room in the quiet, in the dark, and you want to, like, light a few candles. You want to listen to Morrissey, and you just want to ask yourself, why? Why? You know what I mean? So, guys, how do we feel about the return of Daniel Cleary? I prefer to take my Cleary news with plenty of headbanging on the wall rather yes. than... Yes. Because I'd, I'd rather just erase this from memory and hope that this was all just some bad dream. Uh, but unfortunately, it's not. And Dan Cleary's name is going to be on every cap roster, every like roster, even or even in Grand Rapids, which is annoying. And you just want 
to be over. Right. And the thing is, is like, oh, but they're just going to put him on waivers. And obviously nobody's going to claim him. Yada, yada. He's just going to be in Grand Rapids. But it's like you stop right there. It's more than that. It's not going to be, it, you know, he takes up a roster spot. You know, his his salary might be variable because what is he getting paid? Nine fifty. Yeah, it's entirely variable. It's entirely mm-hmm. variable, which is great. But the problem is, is that he takes up a roster spot. I mean, and I mean, you could make the argument that it doesn't really matter. I don't think the Red Wings are going to sign anybody else by the end of the season. But the, it's just like a, a principal thing. You know what I mean? So. Well, it's not even a principal thing. It's a death by a thousand paper cuts. If you make one yeah, big, right, huge right, fuck yeah. up as a GM, you're going to lose your goddamn job. Right. If you, you, you know, trade for Zach Ronaldo, you should get fired because that is a fucking <laughs> stupid move. Right, right. It's a big, obvious, everybody knows that's a fucking stupid move. But this whole, like, it doesn't matter. Yeah, sure. The cap hit is entirely variable. That's not my 950000 What the fuck ever. But yeah, he's taking up a roster spot. He's taking up a spot against the 50-man contract limit. If he's in Detroit, he's there instead of somebody else. And don't fucking tell me that they would rather have Dan Cleary there as the 14th forward because they don't have it. Well, that right. keeps that keeps Larkin, Athanasiu, and Manta out of that 14th forward spot because that's fucking horse shit. You've got Ferraro, you've got Anderson, you've got Miele, you've got Campbell, you've got Tangratti, you've got Callahan. There's a fucking ton of 14 forwards there that... Yeah. You could load. He's like twentieth in the depth chart. So yeah, it just takes up a spot. And if he's not there, yeah. he's in Grand Rapids. And Grand Rapids has a specific limit to how many people you can have that have so so much NHL or so much hockey experience, either at AHL or a NHL level, that you literally have to keep somebody else that you would otherwise have in your lineup out to make Dan Cleary play. So you, giving yeah. him that contract fucking sucks. It just mm-hmm. it's not yeah it's not the end of the world and I'm not raging about it anymore. But to like say like oh it's no big deal that's true. But it's a bunch of little deals and that's just it takes up space. It wastes space. If the Red Wings want to make a move, they now literally have less flexibility to do it. And taking away flexibility in the cap world like it is right now is just stupid. It's a bad move. Right. So like let's say yeah, and I, essentially essentially they are let's say that they are in Chicago's position very unlikely at the trade deadline and they want to buy uh, they want to buy a couple of a couple of warm bodies uh, that can be placed into the starting roster they can't do that at this point they'd have to cut somebody at that point um, I don't really know how many they have on the roster right now with Dan Clear is it forty eight or is it forty nine. I think that's 49, uh, if I remember okay. correctly. But we think it's 49, us. but one of the diggers said it was 48 the other day. He okay. said that, that, well, of uh, course, we're going to get... Yeah, we're going to get, we're going to get, yeah. So we're going to get conflicting reports because we live in Detroit. That's what we get. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's say that we have 49 bodies on the roster right now. What if we want to, you know, what if we want to acquire like we did last year, like with a Zidlitsky or an Eric Cole, you know, um, you can't do it. What if you want to be buyers? You you literally can't do it. So you have to cut somebody who gets cut. Um, you know, it's and the thing is, is that Dan Cleary is less valuable. While I don't like him, like than a player like Mitch Callahan, 
you know, obviously Mitch Callahan is a you know way better hockey player than than Dan Cleary. That's just you know that's common knowledge. You don't even need to be a diehard hockey fan to know that. Um, you don't need to be a diehard hockey fan to know that. Hey, this Dan Cleary thing has pretty much ran its course. It's it's time to throw in the towel there. You know what else you don't uh, need? You don't need a hockey war chart to tell you that oh. Dan Cleary is not good at hockey. Yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> you don't. Yeah. Exactly. So Dan Cleary sucks at hockey. Uh, we get it. He's a great locker room guy. He he sits there and he tells the guys, "Hey guys, it's good. Let's go." You know he he he. You know, he helps the team, you know, tells them what to do from a veteran's point. But, I mean, the thing about the Red Wings is, is that, hey, dude, how many fucking veterans do we have on this team? I mean, we've got Nick Cronwell, we've got Pavel Datsu, we've got Henry Zetterberg. I mean, we've got, you know, we got plenty of guys who, I mean, now we have Mike Green, we have Brad Richards. Hey, we don't need veteran leadership. We have, like, fucking, we have plenty of them. We don't need another one. And, you know, and don't make that argument about goalies because we have Jimmy Howard. He's a veteran goaltender at this point. So it's like, you know, Dan Cleary at this point is obsolete. His presence is absolutely unneeded, even at the Grand Rapids level in, a- in the AHL. Because, I mean, how many names did they sign this year who are not NHL names, you know? I mean, Tangrady, I mean, you can make it, you can make an argument that he could maybe make the NHL level if... We have like a hundred injuries. Hopefully, you don't knock on wood, but we have plenty of veteran names on this team that can help lead the team in the right way. So Dan Cleary is literally obsolete, and it doesn't take an idiot to tell that. So I'll just let you guys go ahead and banter about that for a couple of minutes. Go ahead, yell, scream, say the f word. <laughs> I, you know, what do we I, need the f word for? We have Dan Cleary. Fire fuck, truck. Fuck. 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 He fuck. Flamingo. Fly. Yes, you Flamingo. Fortnite. I, 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 like, I, I get what Ken Holland is doing from a, you know, I'm a good guy perspective. But, you know, you're the general manager of a professional hockey team. You don't know Dan Cleary's shit. In fact, giving him a bag of shit would have actually made more sense because that's what Dan Cleary has delivered to the Red Wings over the last two plus seasons. So, you know, the, the, uh, the funny thing is, it's so obvious that what they've done with the promising him of the these additional contracts is so illegal and against the CBA. There's no nobody's calling them on it because it's Dan Cleary. The NHL had probably looked at it and was like, "Should we punish them?" Like, eh, they signed Dan Cleary. That's enough. Like, that's that's it. So, like, they, right? They it's not a huge the, contract. Who gives a fuck? Not even that. They they punish themselves by bringing on a completely useless player onto their. It, into their their contract limit. So what they do with them is fine. You know, if they sign him for the nine fifty and they bury it in Grand Rapids, and his cap hit never touches the the, the wings, right? Um, they're not they're not circumventing the cap because they actually have to pay him money. Um, it's just they can't they can't promise him a deal before he signed a deal. If they if they wanted to make him whole, they should have signed him to a three year deal three years ago. That's what they should have done. And you know, right, right. But they didn't because they understood at the time Dan Cleary's he's no good anymore. I love Dan Cleary for what he did. You know, since he came to Detroit, he was you know big for winning the cup in '08. He was a big part of why they got there in '09. He's right. done. He's done. He's done. Yeah, done so. I mean, it's 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 been clear for a long time. I mean, even last year, it was like what? How many games did he play, guys? He didn't. He he. 17. I can't even remember. Yeah. So. 
He played a Mount, like, obviously it's, it's under replacement level. He didn't, he scored, what, one goal? I believe he had one goal. Yeah, one goal, one assist, I think. One fucking goal. It was a goal. good goal. It was it was like he a had crazy angle in, against the Rangers, I think. Yeah, yeah in and you 17 know games, he had one goal and one assist. I'll bet, you, I'll, I'll bet you one thing. He probably had more Twitter traffic over that one goal than fucking, I mean, nah, I can't say that. Tatar's first goal was pretty fucking awesome because that goal yeah, against Minnesota, that goal against Minnesota was like, oh god, that was sick because it was like perfect Polkinen goal. It was like, act, oh god, he, he actually scored in his first game. That Rangers game was his first game of the season, and he scored. Yeah, right? yeah. And so then he had an assist in his fourth game. So he had four point. He had two points in his first four games, and then no. He's Johan Franzen streaky, except like total <laughs> garbage. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, like like Graham said, uh, punishing the Red Wings for signing Dan Cleary, even though it's capture convention, is like walking into your kid's room to see him like paddling himself and spanking him to punish him. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, that sounds right. I wonder what his NHL 16 player rating is going to be. Uh, 82. 69. Wow, nice. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> nice so anyways I don't want to spend too much time on Dan Cleary because it's obvious us and Red Wings faithful the rest of the Red Wings faithful we don't give a fuck about Dan Cleary we get it you have to sign him because you made some bullshit excuse like some bullshit promise to him which is bullshit in the first place um, we get it uh, even though we don't get it because you don't really have to make it to him so at this point it should be like a hey I'm glad you made your your you know you know you made you helped us at the time, but uh, it's probably time to fuck off. Do you want to go ahead and scout for us at the time? So, anyways, Dan Cleary, we signed him for one year. Uh, we'll probably sign him next year too. So, fuck off. It's great, awesome. Um, moving on, um, Henrik Zetterberg, our uh, fearless captain. Uh, he's not the first person to do this 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 summer. Um, since the leaving of head coach Mike Babcock, former head coach, I should put. Um, I mean, he's he's been one of many. It's it, I mean, whether it's in a different form or not, Henrik Zetterberg, he didn't mince the words when it came to, to, to talking about Babcock and, you know, him leaving, basically. Like, he didn't, he didn't, you know, go out there and say, oh, yeah, that's a huge loss to our team and we really, we're, you know, that's really going to hurt us. And obviously, no athlete in their right mind is going to go out and say, "Yeah, we're we're much worse than we were yesterday than we are today." But you know, in in a way that he worded it, much like the other, like the other players in the past over the summer have said, have said. It, it, they've made it seem like seem like Babcock leaving is actually kind of a good thing. And is guys, is that like is that fucking crazy? Is is Zetterberg taking crazy pills? I don't think he is. I don't think he is. Well, no, there, was the, there was the there was the tweet that came out from I think it was from Plinus oh, after uh, Plinus. after uh, that they Henrik Zetterberg announced that he, his wife was pregnant and they said if it's a boy he probably won't be naming it Mike. So that was you know that was I, I think that was the first indication and I mean you know I, I don't know how much stock you put into it but there were some exactly. rumors floating around out there that. Uh, you know Zetterberg and and Babcock get along 
uh, in that that was true of, of a number of veterans in the in the room, but certainly I, Zetterberg's name was one I heard. Um, I think he handled it pretty diplomatically in that it was time to move on. Babcock has said as much as well. Um, I, I think it's. I think he said what we all thought he was probably thinking, but he put it in ways that were still showing Babcock respect. I mean, he's not going to come out and bash the guy publicly. I, I wouldn't yeah, expect that of, of Zetterberg. Yeah. yeah, like, oh, thank God he's gone. I hated that shit, fuck. So, um, no, you know, it's, he's, he's the latest in, um, in a Red Wing players to, you know, just uh, give Babcock his, his credit, but not seem completely heartbroken that he's no longer the coach of the Wings. I right. think more than that even is that Zetterberg dropped the hammer more than I think anybody else has. He did. He really uh, did. Yurko might have been like number two there as far as like because he really uh, laid it on kind of think about how happy he was to like get a chance under uh, Blashill. And Tatar was just like, yeah, it'll be a fresh voice. Nyquist is like, yeah. And Nyquist is always like super diplomatic. So it was yeah, very, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I really like playing with him in Grand Rapids. Uh, <laughs> right, yeah. to work. And Erickson uh, got, I don't know, like maybe just a little catty with the, you know, he's hard on young players, but sometimes you have to just not listen to him. But th- this was Zetterberg saying, um, Mike decided and we decided it was time for him to go. I mean, mm-hmm. that was... As the captain of the team, he said the Red Wing players wanted Mike Babcock gone. Right. Uh, he said it yeah. as nicely as he could and as, as captainly as, as he possibly could. Because obviously, like you said, he's not going to say, well, yeah, fuck that guy, I'm glad he's gone. But, I mean, saying fuck that guy, I'm glad he's gone as nicely as he could is still saying that. And uh, the subtext there is, is not hard to, to glean. So, yeah, I love it. I, I yeah. think that, he, that I mean, he really dropped the hammer. The way that, I mean, the way that Zetterberg said it is, like, honestly, the way that I would have envisioned, like, a guy like Lidstrom saying it. Not saying that Zetterberg is, like, what Lidstrom was. Obviously, I think, you know, Zetterberg is a great player. But um, I think Zetterberg is a great leader in that he, you know, he said it the way that it needed to be. Sorry, I dropped my microphone. He said it in the way that he needed to say it. And uh, I think that that sets a really good tone. Now, <laughs> when you see the way that, that a guy like Yurko said it, um, I think Yurko was a bit more raw than Zetterberg was. And that's okay, because I think that Yurko was more frustrated. I mean, I mean, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't take an expert to see that Yurko was a skill guy skill. in the AHL. He was a skill guy in, where was he at, the QMJHL. And then, you know, when he came to the NHL, he was like a fourth-line basic. He was a basic, you know, he was a a fourth-line guy. Um, And, you know, we all knew that that wasn't right for him. So, uh, you know, there were a lot of, there were a lot of, like, pokes at Babcock. Not saying that that Babcock is a great coach, you know, a bad coach by any means, or if he's going to the the Maple Leafs, that that's a bad acquisition, or you know, like that's bad for the Maple Leafs. Obviously, that makes the Maple Leafs a better a better team because you know, obviously, Randy Carlisle was a shit heel um, in terms of Hawthorne. I think that, I mean, Blashill isn't proven at the NHL level as a, as a, as a coach, like a head coach. But you you just feel more comfortable because most of the most of the team, not only the younger players but the veteran players, feel more comfortable. You know, um, 
even guys like you know Mike Green who might be coming in, you know they don't they don't know Mike Babcock, you know, so it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? It doesn't it fucking doesn't matter fuck at that point. that point. So it's just so it's just we know that know Jeff Letchell is smart. We know that he knows hockey, and that's all that fucking matters at this point. So, <clears throat> um, I mean, look at the players who have spoke out against against Babcock, and look at the players who have spoke out against Blashell at this point. Uh, and you know, go ahead and weigh out, weigh them out. You know, who has went out and said, ah, you know, it's probably not the right move that Jeff Blashell is the coach of the team. And granted, nobody is going to come out on this team and say, ah, I'm not really happy about Blashell being hired. But we have literally seen no like, like no like underlying words or you know anything like that, like hints at I'm unhappy with this. With Babcock, we, we saw a lot of, saw a lot of unhappiness. You know, obviously, well, Babcock was there for 10 years. I think you'd have to get a supremely pissed off guy to say anything bad about right. like, Jeff Blashill, where he is right now. Because like, right. even 10 years ago, nobody was like, I'm, not, I'm unsure about Babcock joining the Red Wings right. uh, coming out of the lockout. So, yeah, I think you'd have to get like Mike Commodore level pissed before you got anybody yeah. even dropping the slightest hint about not being happy with the Blashill move. But and then again, it's like, how can they be? Because like, really, what do you know? Yeah, and um, fuck my Commodore, so who cares? So Yeah, that guy's a shit hockey player. He's got bad opinions. He's got bad and he's, opinions. Stupid hair. Yeah, he has yeah, the worst hair. hair. What I liked about the uh, the Babcock thing in in Toronto was uh, that quote that uh, Graham tweeted out today that he was like, <laughs> he he's already said the tie goes to the veteran to the yep. press yeah. about oh. the Maple Leafs. <laughs> My God, and that's oh, that a was... team that needs to develop kids. <laughs> it was amazing. It's incredible. I love it. It's just like you motherfuckers. You fired your coach, you know, because of shit like that, and there you go. Go ahead and eat this shit with a silver spoon. It like, is. I I read that and it was and it was the, like that that quote. He said it. Tie the tie. My th- thinking is the tie goes to the veteran. And I just I was sitting uh, by my computer and I, I I just checked my phone real quick and I just started laughing, just <laughs> laughing out loud because I just I couldn't help it because it was so hilarious. This the Maple Leafs are a team that is entering a rebuild. Right. And he's already talking about the tie goes to the veteran. <laughs> they have some they have some really strong young talent. And if he had said, "Hey, you know, we want to see what we've got." He's still touting the tie goes to the veteran. They've got like that means honest to god, unless he believes that Mitch Marner who is I mean, that kid's going to be a really really good NHL player probably. He he's coming in at a disadvantage over Tyler Bozak because Tyler mm-hmm. Bozak is a veteran. So automatically, Marner has to prove to Babcock that he's better than Bozak. Shouldn't be difficult given who we're talking about here. But but that mentality, it's like that's that's why Babcock had to leave the Red Wings. It's because right. the, the Red Wings are no longer in a place where the tie should go to the veteran. At this right. point, it should be the best player plays. There's no if and if it's a tie. You you make a decision based on some other reason. You don't just go. The tie goes to the veteran. Oh, I just well, I laughed. Yeah, I mean, and I agree with you that Marner is likely going to be. I mean, the, the Maple Leafs, even after one season, they have a really nice crop of prospects. They really do. Like you know, and the thing is, is that <clears throat> they're not. Or maybe they. And here's the thing: is that you laugh about it, but maybe the Maple Leafs are better off that way. Maybe they're better off saying, 
oh, yeah, the tie goes to our shitty veteran who can't play hockey at this point. You know, so it's like maybe that makes sense for them. Maybe it makes sense to have some shit heel playing vet, you know, playing hockey for them. I think for this year it does because you're yeah. they're, they're still they're still in tank mode. Does, I mean, they're not they're not ready to begin the ascension with young guys. Their young guys are all 18 and 19 years old. So, right. If that in that situation, if I didn't know Mike Babcock and hadn't read those types of for the last 10 years, I would have been like, okay, that makes a lot of sense for a rebuilding team. Get the yeah. veterans in, suck it up for one more year. You know, maybe you get a shot at Austin Matthews next year with the way the lottery rules have changed. You know, if they don't make the playoffs, they've got a shot at, at Matthews, who is, I mean, right. he's projected to be a really good one. But it was just. We've it, we've heard it before. I mean, it was tie goes to the veteran is why Thomas Tatar sat out for ten games two years ago. It's why Gustav Nyquist wasn't called up. Yeah. It's why Thomas Yurko wasn't called up. It's why you know pick your young player now. That, that, it, it's it's why they signed Kent Huskins. Yeah, just bringing yeah. up a young guy from from Grand Rapids when they had literally not enough NHL defensemen to field a team. They went out and got Kent Huskins instead of giving. Some young kid in Grand Rapids a shot at third pairing minutes because the tie goes to the veteran. Always right. to the veteran. Yeah. Fuck I, you, Mike you're Babcock. Right, you're right. I mean, at this point, it makes sense for them. But the thing is, is that we've seen that narrative for so long with, with you know, obviously the Red Wings haven't been that way. Like, you know, they're not a re- they haven't been a rebuilding team. They've been a team who's been like, win it now. Win that shit now and we'll rebuild later. Um and the the Maple Leafs are obviously the at this point. Even Brendan Shanahan has has said they're the exact opposite. They're on a five year, three to five year rebuild. They're going to try and get as many good prospects as they can, and they're going to rebuild the team into a possible contender one day. And I mean, they will. Um, but the thing is, is that you know maybe maybe they made the right move acquiring Babcock because he's such a veteran minded play, you know, coach. Yeah, that's, I mean, JJ, that's exactly what I say. Fuck them, whatever (laughs) they do. But, you know, yeah, Joe, are you still awake? I'm still awake. I'm actually just, I feel like that approach in Toronto won't really work that well. I really don't think the Maple Leafs are going to be, should be really be rebuilding for that much longer. I mean, I'm not sure Babcock is the kind of coach that, Oh, okay. Babcock might be the kind of tactical coach that Toronto needs, but if this is still the way that he's going to manage the players, like the Maple Leafs have already been bad, very bad for a few seasons already, and they ha- and they've stockpiled these young players. Like I can think of guys that are probably going to be in the AHL next season: William Nylander, Mitch Marner, and the only NHL caliber guy that I can think of is Morgan Riley. But if Babcock continues to manage the players like that then maybe he's just going to automatically force Toronto into another into another three four five years of being bad just because their young talent doesn't have the time doesn't have the chance to develop at the level that they should be in the NHL as opposed to the AHL or juniors or wherever that Toronto ends up sending them yeah I mean I I agree with you um I think that you know it's going to take a little bit you know, longer. I, I think that the Toronto Maple Leafs are terrible. You know, a lot of us do. Um, it's going to take them some time. Uh, and I think Brennan Shanahan sees that and, you know, whatever. Um, I don't want to say this isn't the Toronto Maple Leafs fucking podcast. If you want to go listen to Toronto Maple Leafs <laughs> podcast, go listen to, you know, you know, go listen to PPP or go listen to those other people. 
Um, I just want to circle back real quick and just say that on the Zetterberg comments, yeah. um, this really is Henrik Zetterberg's team this year. More than yeah, Boxel's it team, it's Hank's team. And I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what that means. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, he's, he's, he's going to be more of a coach than fucking Blasio will. And I think Blasio will, it will notice that, and, and that's fine. Um, now, I mean, moving on, speaking of, of young players, uh, you know, like Joe was saying about, about Toronto, um, Dylan Larkin, the top prospect, uh, he is the, the guy, you know, not only to the fans, not only to the organization, but honestly to the rest of the hockey world. Um, Dylan Larkin is seen as this, even though he was taken as 15th overall, like this world-class two-wave center talent um, that is just a guy that you can build around. You know, uh, when we when we drafted him, I was like, that is a solid third-way center, you know, a, a third-line center. And now today I'm like, that guy is going to be a top six center and he is going to be the guy for us. And a lot of the hockey world agrees with that. Um, he told NHL.com that the coaching decision between Blashill and, 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 uh, and Babcock, whether it was money or not, uh, helped him make up his mind, you know, whether to stay in college and play for the University of Michigan or, you know, go pro and sign his, his entry-level contract. Now, what does that say? I mean, you guys, I mean, you know, that's our top prospect after having, like, an incredible season, you know, playing at a higher level than the top prospect at the previous season, you know, Anthony Mantha scoring 86 or what was it, 82 goals in 82 games. Um, I mean, what does that say? You know, he's obviously going all in to make the Red Wings team. Do you guys think that maybe someone said, you know, you are a lock to make this team? Or, what, I mean, what, what are your guys' thoughts? I think he probably might have been given some assurances that he would be given a legitimate opportunity to make it. And he look, he didn't sign a he didn't sign a contract, um, you know, in a vacuum. He, he I'm sure he had conversations with people within the organization prior to Babcock right. making the decision, you know, that he was going to go to Toronto, and he he might have, you know. I've been told, look, if Babcock's, if Blashill's the coach, you got a shot. You know, you'll come to camp, you see what happens in camp. We're not going to just automatically send you down. Um, Holland has, uh, you know, kind of slowed down the hype train a little bit by saying, look, Dylan Larkin's going to make it as, you know, where he's going to get some mitts. He's not, he's not making the team to be the 13th forward. That's stupid. Right, right. So I, he's, he's yeah. kind of quashed that. But I wonder if somebody said to him, if, if, if Babcock's here, you've got a shot. You won't make it. Right. Don't even bother. You'll be in Grand Rapids. So just go back to school, get another year of school, play another year in college. Yeah. And you know, just wait. That's the thing with the NHL.com article is that I'd Larkin, like, you know, most, mo- most casual fans don't know that, but Larkin has a major ad agent. You know, he has the same agent as Ryan Kessler. You know, whilst Ryan Kessler is a complete shit heel, you know, we'll go ahead and we'll ignore that. But the, th- the, the fact is that he has a major agent. That agent isn't going to sign that entry-level de- uh, contract unless he knows it's the best option for his client. Um, and I think, you know, that's something that a lot of people would overlook. I think that's something that maybe people should look into is that, 
maybe there was a little bit of, uh, yeah, you know, if he comes up, he shows up and he wants to, you know, work hard and show that he can compete, you know, you know, maybe he can make the team. You know, obviously the injuries are playing in his favor and, you know, his his stats will play in his favor as well. Um, I think, I personally, I think Dylan Larkin can make the team. I think he can. I think he's more than good enough, uh, you know, and I think he could be a the perfect third-line center for this team going into the season. Yeah, I think there's a lot to unpack about what Dylan Larkin said. Um, obviously, the the thing with Blashill versus Babcock, um, yeah, I, I do think it, it had more to do with him being excited about Blashill than him being excited about Blashill. Right. That Babcock wasn't going to be blocking him. But there is that thing there. It's like Dylan Larkin has been in the area for a long time. So it's yeah. not... It's maybe not just necessarily that somebody told him that, no, you're not going to get a shot in, under Babcock, but, I mean, yeah, i got to figure he got basically knows what's going on. There's a reputation that we've been talking about it for years, about why would young kids want to play for the Red Wings if this is the way they get treated. And, yeah, it's, it's hard to say that that's not at least a factor. Now, I think a bigger factor is that um, Dylan Larkin's agent probably told him, listen, son, you're going to... You may not get into the NHL. You've got a, a decent chance with, with Blashill there. Um, but you are definitely not going to start burning ELC years if you don't have a, your ELC. There's a chance it may slide this right. year, and a, a decent chance it's, it's going to slide. So him going back for a sophomore year gives him zero chance to get towards that second year. It doesn't start his waiver clock. It doesn't start any of that stuff that he right. has to go through before he can get a deal that is that pays a decent amount, and let's face it, an entry level contract pays a decent amount to a college kid, you know, yeah. to a freaking nineteen year old. That's good money. Um, so there's that. I don't think that Dylan Larkin is going to make the club for more than nine games because the opportunity cost in burning that for it burns an entire year of his entry level contract. If he's really good, then yeah, you want him in there for the whole year because you just burn that that year, and of course he's fucking worth that, but. Finding out whether or not he's going to be worth that after just nine games is, is really hard. I don't see Ken Holland making that gamble. Um, right. And, I think and you know what? Call. That's where I disagree with you, JJ, is that this team is in such a transition that I think that they're at this point, you know, they're willing to make that gamble with their top prospect. And you can make that argument that, well, you, what about Anthony Mantle last year? Um the fact that the fact of the matter is that this is a different type of player we're speaking of. Dylan Larkin, Dylan Larkin, like he, I don't know, he's so on par with the way that the Red Wings' way is that two-way center who can. I mean, I, I've never seen it happen, but I'm sure he could play wing. Um, you know, he's that guy. He can play penalty kill. He can play power play. He can do it all. Um, well, they have more use for Dylan Larkin and his rookie potential this year than they had for Anthony Mantha and his rookie right, potential exactly. last and year, too. I, and that's, and that's yeah. what I'm saying, is that people might not see the point production that that Dylan Larkin had with, you know, that Anthony Mantha had. But the problem is, is that you need to see the stuff that you don't see with Dylan Larkin, you know. I mean, he didn't score 82 goals in 82 games, um, but if you watched him, he is much more valuable than you know, a guy who scored that at that level at, or at junior, that, and you know, that level. I just think that the Red Wings value Larkin much more now than they did with Mantha at the time. 
Yeah, I don't, I don't disagree with you, and I think that there's a, a better chance than than there ever was with Anthony Mantle last year of it happening. I just think right. that, uh, and there's there's more of a chance that they'll need it. I, and personally, if it were up to me to make the choice, uh, I'd make him the, the third center right now. I'd make him with Datsuk out. I'd put the the two center line. Uh, you know, let Larkin and and Shea compete for that, and just do that because um, I don't I don't care about the asset management portion of burning a year of his entry level contract. Um, I yeah, I just don't know. That, that's such a gamble move for Ken Holland. I, I just don't know that he's ready to do that. Yeah, I mean, I I honestly don't think they give a fuck about that. Like at this point, I don't think they care about burning a year in his contract and. Um, you know, if you have a guy like Dylan Larkin, who is considered a world-class talent, um, who could start at the, you know, the third, the third line center level and then work his way up to second line or maybe even first line. I mean, I'm not going to go ahead and set expectations too high for him. Um, I think that that is something that, you know, that is being taken in consideration at this point. Um, but I mean, of course, I don't want to just get JJ and I's opinion on it. I want to know Joe and Graham's. So, hey guys, why don't you talk? Yeah, I'm not entirely sure that I buy that this coaching decision, this coaching change, or potential for a coaching change because I'm not. I forget uh, exactly the timeline of when Larkin signed and when the coaching change happened. I'm not sure it actually played that big a role in Larkin's decision. Like we all know the kind of season that he had at the University of Michigan, he was an, he was a Big Ten rookie of the year. He was absolutely one of the best uh, freshmen in all of college hockey behind Jack Eichel. He went from he played in the world. He had a stellar showing in the World Junior Championships. He was the only good player on Team USA. He uh, more than held his own against uh, uh, adult competition at the World Championships. He produced in the AHL level. Uh, I remember when we did the interview with him for the site, uh, the middle of last season, one of the things that he told me and that he told us was that he wanted to make the NHL as soon as possible. Uh, If he's playing at all these different levels and having all this kind of success, that's a signal to him that, yeah, I can hack it at this level, so why not? not get the ball rolling as soon as possible i think i think that had a lot more to do with it than the potential of getting a chance versus not getting as much of a look under babcock or blashell yeah i mean i agree i think like i said before that um well i did say this before but you can match up any chl league whether it's the whl the ohl or the qmjhl um against the n sub i'm sorry NCAA like level, I think that it's pretty obvious that you know the the CHL level is pretty you know bullshit. NCAA, I I feel like you know it's much it's a much more defensive league. You know you have to you have to you know you don't see um, scores that look like football games in it, and you know that's obviously something you take with a grain of salt, but. Um, the way that Larkin dominated the NCAA, granted that he was in the Big Ten, um, you know that's that's a very telling sign to me. And then he stepped in to the the AHL level, and you know he produced he produced for his team in a time that they needed it. Um, you know, obviously it didn't turn out in, in their favor, but it's uh, you know I think that he could come in 
to the NHL. You know, it's not like he's going to be some ridiculous scorer. You know, he could be an effective third-line center with speed, a two-way ability, and, you know, he could give you a couple of points here and there. I think that's something that the Red Wings really need right now out of a third-line center. Um, out of, you know, because, like, I'm asking all of you guys, who would be the Red Wings' third-line center right now if it, if the season started today? Glenn Denning. <laughs> yeah, it would be Glenn Denning or it would yeah. be Anderson. So, obviously... Larkin is much better than both of them, right? It only makes sense if you're putting Larkin with skilled players. Like, if you're playing right. Larkin with Drew Miller and fucking whoever, yeah, whoever, or, or yeah, Landon yeah. Ferraro, or, you know, whoever, I mean, that's that you've got Thomas Yurko all over again, you know? Um, I, I would have no problem with Larkin being up at the Red Wings, but I would only want it if he's going to be up for the whole year. None of this up and down stuff. I mean, yeah. if you're going to burn a year of his of his entry contract, I mean, burn it by playing him in 70 games or 75 uh-huh. games or however many games he's healthy for because he's 19. Yeah. So it's not like injuries should be a, a, a major concern unless an accident happens. And, you know, you, know, that never know, you never know what that. But, um, you know, if you're going to keep him up, it's because, you, it's because he's good enough to be on a team for the whole year. There's going to have to be the understanding that he's a 19-year-old kid He's never played a full NHL season. He's never played a full AHL season. He's right. going to drag midway through the year. You're going to hit January, February, and his production is probably going to to dip. And if it doesn't, I mean, that's a bonus at that yeah. point. Um, but I wouldn't have a problem if he makes it out of camp and he plays on a line with when everybody's healthy with Thomas Yurko and Riley Shan. Put the three of them together. You have another center on that line. To give Larkin a little bit of protection in the face-off area, because that, that's going to be something that he's going to have to work on a lot. Because taking face-offs against college kids and taking face-offs against NHL centers, even third and fourth line ones, is night and day. Yeah, but, but he's also got two skilled players. Um, but Shane's also, you know, pretty responsible defensively, and you can mm-hmm. shelter that line. I I'd love to see that that line for a whole season under Blashell and see what happens. I, I don't think there's anybody else in that spot that I would think, oh, I'd, you know, I'd rather see that person there instead. Right. So I guess at this point, what I need to ask all of you is that, do you think that, you think that Dylan Larkin Dylan should, Larkin make, should make, make the opening, opening roster on opening night? Yeah. Yes. It's because they're because of the yep. injuries. Because you're, okay. you're not going to have Pavel Datsuk and you're so, probably not going to have Franzen. Let me let me ask you this, just as a counterpoint. Let's go ahead and assume that we had all of our players 100% healthy. Do you want Dylan Larkin on this roster opening night? Yes. Datsuk too? Every, every yeah. single player is healthy. <sighs> I do. I want, yeah, I want Larkin sure. on the team. I want I st- him. I- I would still want him on the roster. Over what they've got? Yeah. I mean... not. In, in, let me be more specific. Not as like a 13th forward. Like on the roster, playing. State, shooting the puck. In, in the top yeah. 12. Right. In the top 12, getting regular shifts. Yes. You know, whatever they whatever they are based on ice time. Yeah, I would say yes. Yeah, like so, I just said, if, if you're going to have him in the roster burning off that ELC, he you better not well play have, fucking 10 yeah. games. Because yeah. that, that's a waste. Yeah, mm-hmm. you got to have him going all for it. You gotta have him playing like as many games as possible. If you're gonna burn, if you're gonna burn his first year, have him play as many games as possible. You know. So, um, so it looks like we all agree on that. Um, at this point, you know, I mean, it, it's pretty obvious. So we are all in on Larkin. It looks like we all agree on that. 
um, and that's great and dandy, and I think the rest of uh, Red Wings faithful would agree with us. Um, you guys have anything else to add on that? Like Dylan Larkin, I mean, top prospect, obviously the savior of the Red Wings right now until uh, you know Evgeny Svechnikov wants to step up and score 100 goals this season. The only the only thing that stops me just for just for a moment and thinks maybe Larkin, I'd want Larkin in Grand Rapids would just be to see if he has any sort of chemistry with Mantha at the a- yeah. at the AHL level because that's not going to happen at the NHL yet because Mantha's not ready. So there's right. there's a small part of me that would want to see do Larkin and Mantha click at, at, oh, you know in the point. AHL because that I mean if you're talking if Mantha is still in the works as your you know your your future sniper um, that would be the one reason why I would say you know what Dylan Larkin should play in Grand Rapids and you know, yeah you know, and just Get a get a full year of professional hockey under his belt first, right? Of course, and I, I agree. I mean, I get it. The thing is that I don't know if Larkin and Mantha will end up in the future playing on the same line. I just don't see it. Like, I don't think that that is going to be something that could maybe happen at this point. Um, I don't know. It's just it's just a projection, and you know, on my end, I, I don't think that that'll happen. Um, it's it's just a gut reaction to me, you know, a knee jerk. So if you guys feel differently, go ahead and yell at me. But I don't know. I feel like one of them will be a first liner, one of them will be a second or third liner, um, and and that's that. So Larkin will drive Mantha's reclamation. Yeah, exactly. Larkin will be the piano puller, <laughs> not the piano player. So hopefully that Mantha will be that bottom six guy in the AHL and then be that top six guy in the NHL. You know, in a beautiful way, that would, because uh, he's basically the, the Red Wings player that Mantha gets compared to the most is Johan Bronson, who came up as a bottom six forward. <laughs> right, right, exactly. That would just be so perfect. But everybody doesn't want to accept Mantha as a bottom six guy, which I have no problem ex- expecting him to be that guy. Like a Johan Franzen type of guy. So, um, anyways, um, we have, uh, you know, like I said before, we have, you know, hockey season is upon us. And um, we have a lot of big events coming up. uh, One of which, the Prospects Tournament, where all of our beloved prospects will uh, gather up and play against other NHL teams' prospects in Traverse City, Michigan. If you have the chance to make it, uh, why don't you go ahead and get up there? And, uh, and and do your thing and uh, enjoy hockey uh, a couple of weeks early uh, in Traverse City. Uh, and at this moment, we're going to go ahead and hand it over to Michelle, our prospects guru. And she's going to tell you a little bit about it. So, uh, Michelle, why don't you take it away? We're just days away from the start of the 2015 NHL Prospects Tournament, and all eight participating teams have released their rosters, with the Red Wings having 12 free agent invites on theirs. In addition to the free agents I've already covered in previous episodes, there are a couple new ones to get to know. The Wings added center Kurt Edgigary, who's been team captain for the Quebec Ramparts in the QMJHL for the last two seasons. The 5'11", 190-pound forward was a Red Wings development camp invite in 2013 after being passed over in the draft. 
The following November, it came to light that he had a pericardial effusion around his heart that required surgery. He had been undergoing treatment for a while, hoping to avoid the surgery, and teams knew about it leading up to the draft, so I'm sure that influenced their decision. He had previously been ranked 72nd North American skater in this draft year, so going undrafted was a little bit of a surprise. Last season, the 20-year-old posted career highs with 25 goals, 35 assists, and 90 penalty minutes. Defenseman Andrew Pochno just completed his college career at St. Cloud State, where the defenseman had 91 points in 147 games and was a plus 50. The 23-year-old was on the 2011-12 WCHA All-Rookie Team, and the 5'11", 190-pound defenseman was also alternate captain for the Huskies last season and was on the 2013 All-WCHA Academic Team. Both Echegarry and Prancho have signed ECHL contracts with the Toledo Walleye for the upcoming season. Robbie Russo isn't a free agent invite since the Wings signed into a contract on August 16th, but he is an addition from my projected roster. Russo is a puck-moving offensive defenseman who's been working to become a two-way player, and I haven't had the chance to watch him play yet, but word on the street is that he's accomplished that, and he's solid defensively while possessing an offensive flair. I'll have in-depth roster breakdown analysis for all eight participating teams in the days leading up to the tournament on Wingy at Motel. In the Champions Hockey League, Axel Holmstrom had a damn fine assist on Schlefti's game-winning goal against Liberets in their final game for the group stage, which is basically a play-in to see who gets into the playoffs. Schlefti enters the draw as a playoff team, as opposed to a wildcard team, and the draw to determine playoff opponents will be held on Tuesday, September 8th. The way they do it is the winners from each group are put into one basket, and the second-place teams from each group are put into another basket, and then somebody draws names from both baskets to determine the matchups. The CHL playoffs start September 22nd, and they proceed with breaks in between each round until the final game on February 9th. Meanwhile, Schlefti's regular Swedish Hockey League season gets underway September 17th. Leagues around the world are ramping up and getting ready to start their regular seasons, and most Red Wings prospects will be starting their seasons very shortly if they haven't already. So stay tuned for updates on all that. And that's what's going on in the world of Red Wings prospects. Thank you, Michelle. As always, a very uh, thorough response to our prospects. Our prospects guru, Michelle. Uh, tune in for her prospects coverage of the uh, prospects tournament, an always popular event in Traverse City. If you have the chance, please make sure you, uh, you can get up there and uh, check it out. Not only our prospects, but a lot of other cool prospects from other teams around the NHL. Um, anyways... <clears throat> We have some uh, questions from our readers over at Wing In at Motown, which JJ is going to run us through. JJ, do you know how to read? Oh, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really good at it. It's, it's okay. writing that I'm, that I'm awful. Yeah. With oh, okay. Yeah, right. That's true. So JJ is going to read. He knows how to read, which is good. Uh, he's not good at writing, but the thing is, is that he's a blogger, so his opinion is always right. So never forget that. So, yeah. JJ, my friend, take <laughs> the floor. I like how let people forget that. All right, yeah, we're just going to uh, rapid fire some of these, and I'm going to call some of your names for it. Uh, very first question from uh, MDRUA12. Uh, are you going to buy NHL 16? Yes. Kyle's a yes, Graham? No. No, Joe? I don't own it any of the consoles that it's playable for. So, no. Hey. Yeah, it's probably no. Okay, so Kyle, you're the only one. You're a sucker. Uh, it's overpriced garbage. Um, fuck you. Fuck Kyle. me. That's right. You are right. <laughs> um, Jonah. 
What a great, you know what? Let me stop you right there, JJ. This is great internet content right here. Which one of you guys are going to buy NHL 16? Uh, no, no, no. I will. I will. No, I'm not going to. All right, next question. That's great. Good stuff. Re- this is what our readers demand to know. And we would be <laughs> foolish to deny them this. Uh, Jonah, in his first of two, um, speaking of EA Sports, trades uh, that are very EA Sports, Skinner trade. Uh, he proposes Skinner and Eddie Lack from Carolina for Howard, Franzen, Quincy, and either Ferk or Tverden. And um, just one word reaction to that, Graham. Cocaine. <laughs> My name is not Graham, but cocaine. Uh, honestly, uh, d- d- delusional. Joe, Joe I'm going to give you five words. Pull like the trigger exchange. right now. <laughs> this, it's like an exchange thing that I only get one word and Joe gets five. Yeah, it's the uh, Canadian words are worthless. <laughs> <laughs> Apologize. That was meaner than I wanted it to be. Um, between Cleary and the roster logjam, does Ken Holland deserve to be fired? No. No. Are you kidding no. me? Okay, let's go ahead. Does your answer change if prospect is lost on waivers? take over the floor right here. I know everybody wants Ken Holland to be fired because of the whole Dan Cleary thing, but let's go ahead and stop and realize what he's done over his time here. Um Granted, he's had some time where they haven't had a salary cap. The thing is, is that I think that all of us can agree that he is probably one of the top five, if not the best, GMs in hockey. Right? Right. Yeah, I'll put him top five. Yeah. So, no, he's not going to get fired. Uh, If Dave Ambrowski gets fired from the Tigers... Yeah, no, it's not going to happen. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry, folks. It's just not going to happen. Uh, what if they lose a prospect on waivers this season? Well, Dave Dombrowski. Well, I don't know. Like, you know, who? Like, Mitch that, that's exactly it. Who have they everybody freaks right. out. It's like a huge debacle. Who have they lost as a prospect that's really that really has hurt them? Dude, listen to me, okay? <laughs> There's and a good answer Nessus, to that. Andre Nezersal is fucking amazing, okay? So why don't you just shut your shit heel mouth and just fuck off, okay? Graham asks who they lost as a prospect that has really hurt them. The answer is Kyle Quincy. Oh, God, you <laughs> asshole. Oh. God, piece of shit. <laughs> I mean, come on. It's, uh, he also asked, uh, should the, uh, this is Jay underscore Stone, by the way, who's got the uh, Oh Really Owl as his avatar. I love that avatar, by the way. Uh, should the Wings fan base complain to the NHL to look into Clary's contract as a CBA violation? Uh, we answered that in the spanking analogy earlier. I just wanted to remind everybody that I said that. No. <laughs> yeah. um, would you prefer to have Clary on the <laughs> opening night roster or send him in blah, blah, blah to Toronto uh, to get Fanouf on the opening night roster? Uh, well, sure. Let me, let me stop you right there. Who is blah, blah, blah? Uh, this literally says, says XYZ. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Okay, I'm going to stop you right there because who is XYZ? The thing is, is that Panuf... Xavier Woulet. It's, it, it, is, it is whatever garbage you want to send with Cleary. Okay, you yeah. Don't want on the team. So, Kindle in uh, the th- yeah, third. Yeah, yeah. If you want to send Kindle in the third and Cleary for Phaneuf and they say, yeah, that's good. You don't, you know, we're not going to say, we're not going to take on any salary. I'd take that trade. You know, every day I take that I take that trade on Christmas. But you know, if 
if we're talking Xavier Houlette, who could like, I mean, I think Xavier Houlette, who who could likely be somewhat what Dion Phaneuf is. I don't know. I I, I if we're gonna trade XO for Dion Phaneuf, they better be soaking up mass salary right there. And am, am I the only one there? I'm sorry, I got caught up on the concept of trading XO for DP, and my mind just went to a dark place. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's fucked up. You don't you don't do that shit because I mean everybody thinks that you know obviously cause the Red Wings are at a weird place. You know, Jonathan Erickson, he's not a top pairing defenseman. Nick Nick Cronwall, he's not a top pairing defenseman, um, and I don't think Dion Phaneuf is a top pairing defenseman. So, and I I mean. Do you want to do you want to do that? Is that something you want to do as a as a fan? No, not me. Yeah, no, if, I guess. If if my I mean, choices are Dan Cleary on the opening night roster or Dion Phaneuf on the opening night roster, I'd probably take Cleary because it really. Would be, you know why? Because it would be easier to get rid of Cleary. Okay, okay. Because I'm doing the on the opening night roster, and then he's gone for the other 81 right. games. Right, Dion Phaneuf. Dion Phaneuf's contract is garbage and yeah, with the wings in that transition especially when they should be trying to shed defensemen in order to bring up some of these young guys that they have adding right. another long-term <laughs> de- contract on defense is it, it's backwards especially for a guy like Phaneuf who is what they have already which is the second pairing guy right so the thing about Phaneuf is that with with the uh with the Tigers not the Tigers I'm sorry I'm watching the Tigers with the Red Wings um with the Red Wings is that after all these years is that we are, you know, we are great. And with the, you know, Tigers, they're, they're not good. So, um, I don't know. Let's go ahead and cut that out. Cause I fucked that one up. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm tired of talking about Dion enough. So let's just cut forward to the next question. Um, okay. This is a half question before I get to this question. Is Kyle literally the only Lions fan here? Yes. 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 Okay. Uh, yeah, then, I'm the only one. Yep. 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 And Kyle, I'm going to give you a rare opportunity to talk. I I know that this, we haven't is heard this much Red Wing, Is this Red Wings radio right now? Uh, yeah. Uh, it's just the question <laughs> is, which much maligned Detroit star going into his seventh year starting will be more disappointing, John John Matthew Stafford or James Russell Howard the third? Oh God. And I don't have uh, any. You know, let me think about that for a split second. The one who is more of a disappointment. Yeah. Who will be more disappointing, Stafford or Howard? Stafford. And you know what? If I was on like mainstream radio, I'd probably get reamed for that. But my knee-jerk reaction is that Howard's won more games. So am I right there? Yeah. Howard looks like less of an more games. So yeah, Stafford can fuck off for all that. I I mean, if if we're going to go ahead and level things up, Stafford can fuck off. So next question. Eric at uh, Perbu. Uh, Can you elaborate on what it means to be elite? In the NHL, Joe, what 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 does elite mean? Uh, it means whatever you want it to mean. So banana sandwich. Exactly. All right. Banana sandwich can be an elite <laughs> Hold sandwich. On. Hold the fuck on. What? I don't know. First two words came to mind. Okay. Is Zetterberg elite then? Well, he, obviously no. He's not a banana sandwich. Um, Graham, I'm gonna get away from the banana sandwich thing. Uh, what is Zetterberg elite? Does he fit your definition? Yes, because he is a player that you can play in any situation. Uh, he is a player that you can still count on to produce whatever it is you need him to produce in that situation more often than he's not going to produce. 
Yep. Right on. Okay. I think personally I've got that um, my definition of elite as far as wingers go, and I'm calling Zetterberg a winger, is uh, to be a top-line winger. And so there's two wingers per 30 teams. If Zetterberg is one of the 60 best wingers in the NHL, I think he's elite, and I think he absolutely is. Well, yeah. here's the thing. is like you didn't really elaborate on what elite is but I, or what we were asking about, but I think that if we're talking about wingers and we're talking about even top 50, I think easily Henrik Zetterberg is up there. So, uh, yes. <laughs> if we're talking about top 50, if top 50 is elite, then hell yeah, Henrik Zetterberg is elite. That's, that's easy stuff. Um, if you don't think that way, then, I mean... I don't know, look around the NHL, I guess. Yeah, Eric defined it as top 15 to 20, and I think that's a little bit too uh, too limiting considering how many freaking players are actually in the NHL. Yeah, there are a lot. Um, yeah, next up, LA lot. Wing. We've talked a lot about the, the Babcock thing, but he goes. He wants to know how deep the rabbit hole goes and how far back we can look at how long players have hated Mike Babcock. Like, did Marion Hosa not sign in here because of Mike Babcock? Did Rafalski retire early because he hated Mike Babcock? I don't know if I can say. I, would say. I, I don't know if I can say. I don't know if I can say. That's just me, though. Maybe I, you I, guys. Hosa, I think, was about. He oh. chased the cup in 09. He came one game short, came one goal short, and he was hurt. Yeah. And Chicago offered him a shitload more money than Detroit was able to. Yeah. I think it, if Detroit had been able to match that money, I think he would have stayed in Detroit. That's a personal opinion. I have nothing to back that up, but ultimately, Chicago paid him. Um, Rafalski was, I think he was pretty open about the fact that his body was just a mess and he just couldn't, he just couldn't play anymore. Um, So I don't think that had anything to do with Babcock and Lidstrom. There's a question in there about Lidstrom, uh, his early departure. He played until he was 42. I mean, (laughs) I don't, I don't don't think Lidstrom left early. Lidstrom left when, same thing, when he just felt that he couldn't play at the level he wanted to play at and he went out on his own terms. So, no. Maybe Hosa, but I, I don't think so. I don't know. Like, I, I don't think Hosa. I think it was just like, and you know, Red Wings fans want to think what they want to think. It was just money. That's all it is. It's business as usual, and um, I'm not going to hate him for it. You know, if someone told me that they're going to pay me more money to go somewhere not too far away to 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 do something for him, I'd probably do it. So, uh, I don't know. All right. Quick answer. What's the best line come playoff time? Who's on it? Line? Like top line or second line or third line or fourth line? Just the top line. Uh, Larkin, Larkin, Larkin. (laughs) All right. Graham? I'm just kidding. Top line in the playoffs is going to be Datsuk, Tatar, Zetterberg. Ooh, really? Yeah. They'll be reunited for the playoffs. Okay. I like it. Joe? Honestly? Ugh. Tatar, Kopitar, Nyquist. <laughs> Kopitar. <laughs> I love it. I love that shit. That's fantastic. And then uh, top defensive pair. Green to Kaiser. Really? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Green to I, Kaiser. I, I, think, I think that they are going to be very good this year. I'm I buying think, in. I think you're right. Yep. I think they will um, be top pair caliber. Somebody wants to know if you put Zetterberg and Yurko on Datsuk's line? Sure. Yeah, I'd give it a shot for a couple of games, sure. Yeah, or spoken and fit anywhere. Uh, why not try to trade Helm while he still has value? Sure. Yep. Yep. Sure. I, 
Uh, based on the year-by-year improvement since he was drafted, do we have to readjust our expectations of Tyler Bertuzzi? If so, what should those expectations realistically be? Haven't we already adjusted them? Yeah, but, no, I, Mike, but the thing is, is like, okay, so could Tyler Bertuzzi land you a guy? Okay, so let me go ahead and put this in perspective for you. The Red Wings are in contention this year. Would you trade Tyler Bertuzzi for a guy like Andre Kopitar? Yes. 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 So, okay, how about this? Eight days a week. Andre, uh, how about this? Tyler Bertuzzi plus, like, a first-round pick and then another really promising prospect such as Athanasiu. Yes. yes. Well, Andre Kopitar? Yes. Yes, easily. Just, yep. No hesitation. So that's a guy who would be a rental at this point, right? Uh, yeah, but I would assume that we would, like, really, really go hard to re-sign him. Right, you'd you'd give him like eleven million dollars a year easily, and he would say yes. Otherwise, he's a fucking idiot. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's an easy one. That's easy. So I mean, obviously, so, that's I mean, probably I'm, not the that's probably not the scenario. But um, if that was, then yeah, you would easily you know alter your expectations and you would pull the trigger on that. But since that's not something that's going to happen, then you will you know go all in on a guy like Tyler Bertuzzi. That's just me, though. Yeah, I think he's got really good third-line potential, uh, possibly even second. Um, the second part of the, the C.R. Seeger's uh, question says, Peter Morazic has all-star potential and should be the number one when the season starts. That's not a question, so I'm not going to bother with yeah, that. Yeah, that's, that's easily the, he is the number one, and that is Jimmy Howard's job to steal back. Next up, uh, Ben Bishop, the lightning goalie, uh, who wants the Red Wings <laughs> that to... That guy, he's my yeah. favorite. Ben Bishop, thank you for having the brass to comment on our website. With <laughs> yeah, I like him. Bishop. That's nice. I like that. Uh, he wants us to sell him on next year. What, uh, what makes us think that the Wings will have a better season this coming year than they did last year. Mike Green, Timo Polkan, and Dylan Larkin. They are better than the team that took Tampa, the best team in the East, to a Game 7. Yeah, but, I mean, Graham, the thing is is that you don't have Pavel Datsyuk. That's the thing. To start. To to start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're even... The signings of Richards and Green... Were, are, were better additions than Cole and Jitlitsky, which at the time were decent additions for where that team was. Green and Richards are upgrades over both by Easily. a lot. Easily. Yeah, I agree. By a lot. You've got another year of Tatar, another year of Nyquist. You've got Polkin in all season. You've got Yurko probably going to be used correctly. You've got you have a better another, coach, right? another year of Riley Shan, and you've got a fresh coach that, <laughs> at least at the surface, the players seem to be energized for. I don't I don't know if there's any hard data that would suggest that, you know, a new coach results in some sort of bump in, in points or anything like that. But as good as coach as Mike Babcock is, his voice was stale in that dressing room. And Blashill, the players like him. And you would think, therefore, they would then play hard for him. So, so. here's the thing. I mean, just to kind of play down to what you were saying, JJ, remember what you were saying in a comment, just a simple comment. About the last time the Red Wings had a dominant coach and was replaced by a guy who everyone was seemingly really mm. positive about, I want you. I want to hear your. I want to hear your thoughts about that in more depth. Um, I mean, it's just a concern that's in the back of my head. It's a, a team that has been under in assholes. Like, in, you know, I say, I say asshole in a, a nice way. 
but uh, right, right. you know, kind of the, under the thumb of a, a domineering coach who like doesn't have uh, A B conversations like Jimmy Howard put it today, um, <laughs> where he just talks to the players and expects them to listen, and like there's no wiggle room there. Um, and then they go to a guy who listens to them, and it kind of feels like I'm I'm worried about the the loss of, of discipline. Uh, I don't know, but I mean they've got a lot of a lot of really hungry veterans. Um, I mean, I guess you could say the O three team had a lot of hungry veterans too. Right, right, um, yeah. <clears throat> but literally, the O three team was just coming off having been the single best team the NHL has ever produced. Yep. <laughs> I mean, that's it's tough to follow that act, and it's like mm-hmm. all those hungry veterans had. I mean, they had just won a cup. Uh, the this Red Wings team with hungry veterans haven't. Uh, tasted particularly close to the cup in a while, so yeah. With my concerns that that maybe they'll they'll lose some discipline with with Blashill being uh, too nice, um, they're there, but I'm I'm talking myself out of it. Right. You know, the thing is, too, Lewis was part of that as the assistant coach for years. So Blashill is Lewis was his voice was in that dressing room prior to him becoming the head coach. It just took on a different role. Blashill, other than the one year that he was the assistant under Babcock, has been down in Grand Rapids. So yes, the players, the younger guys know him, the older guys don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for, and everything you hear about Blashill is that while the players do love him and everything, he does seem like he's still in a little bit of that Babcock mold of a, you know, you better put in your effort and work hard or else you're not going anywhere with right. me. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's true. I think he'll, he'll snap kids back into a into place if they need to. Yeah. So uh, over the next five years, are we are we happy? Are we going to win a cup in the next five years? It's so tough to tell. It really is. I mean, mm-hmm. with the way that that the you know the, the league progresses, it feels like I I personally feel like prospects just keep getting better and better. Um, so I can't say. I really can't. I think in the East. Yeah, right now, now, other than Tampa, there's no real dominant team right now. So, if, I mean, if Tampa falters, the, the East is wide open after that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and in Toronto, the next maybe. Five years? Yeah, you never know. Buffalo might surprise some people this year now that they got Eichel. <sighs> but I don't know if it's going to do it, though. There's, there's, there's no, nobody else in the East that I look at and go, oh, yeah, geez, that's a, that's a really, really strong team. All the powers in the West still. Yeah, I think the West is a weird combination of a bunch of teams that are like really good, but they have kind of like rock paper scissors weaknesses. Sure, where it's like there's basically not an unbeatable team anymore. Um, so yeah, I think that uh, that we're going to win a couple of the next five years, and it's going to be because Larkin is better than McDavid and Eichel. Wow, nice. I like quote, it. I love me. that shit. Quote me on that. I will quote um, you to hell. Up next, uh, Stevosaurus Rex uh, asks. Uh, what's the deal with the roster log jams? Has it been this bad before? Could it be there is some kind of big trade on the horizon? Uh, yes, we've had roster log jams for how many years in a row, Joseph? Many. That's not Joseph. Hi. <laughs> many. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Thank you, Joe. <laughs> it's the, the, cat, it's the, the thing is, the cat makes it more difficult now to maneuver. Yeah. That's all. Every, every team has log jams with, or cap issues or, or something. It's a good one, Joe. Again, that's not that's a joke. That's kind of what it means. That's kind of what it means. <laughs> yeah. It's Asshole. We're just going to point out who isn't, who isn't Joe for the rest of the episode. So, Joe, anyways. <laughs> um, 
So let's uh, let's start the season by having to put a few guys through waivers because we are going to have to. Uh, I see 15 forwards that are currently on the general manager roster, but Datsuk and Franzen won't be there, so that drops it down to 13. But let's see. I'm looking for the guys that are... Uh, actually, I don't see any uh, waiver-eligible guys among those 13. Uh, there's Mitch Callahan, Landon Ferraro, so that gets it back up to 15. So we have, it provided Datsuk and Zetterberg, uh, Datsuk and Franzen, start long-term injury reserve, we have to waive one waiver-eligible player. Um, gee, who could it be? Who, is, who are on the list? Um, that is Zetterberg, Nyquist, Richards, Tatar, Helm, Abdicator, Miller, Cleary, Sheehan, Yurko, Anderson, Polkin, and Glendening, Ferraro, and Callahan. <laughs> Yeah, not the guys who are obviously not going to get waived, but uh, I guess out of the people, yeah, I guess the out of the people who you have mentioned uh, by Callahan. So you're gonna wave Callahan before Cleary? Did you say Cleary? Yes. Yes, he did. Uh, by Callahan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just, I'm, I'm just kidding. I just I have a bias against him. Yeah. Uh, yeah, by Cleary, by, for sure, by Cleary. Cleary, Callahan, and Anderson are the three easiest to wave, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, yep. I don't see anybody because you don't, you can't wave Polkin in, right? I mean, you no. can wave Polkin. I mean, if he goes on waivers, like he is waiver eligible, so there's no way in absolute hell that he gets claimed. That's not going to happen. So, um, or I mean, I'm sorry, unclaimed. He's not going to go unclaimed, so that's not going to happen, right? Yeah, literally the only two possibilities for a sensible put a guy on waivers and don't expect him to be 100% absolutely claimed. Aside from Cleary Callahan and Anderson, are Landon Ferraro and Drew Miller, and we're right. I'm kind of iffy on both of them. Plus, if you put Miller on waivers and send him down, you still have to eat cap it. Yeah. So yeah, I mean those five are the only guys. Like, and after that, you're not waving people. Um, yeah. So Polkinen obviously will get claimed. He. So would we say that he is the only one that will get claimed? Uh, no, I think Yurko would get claimed. Yeah. I think Glenn Denning would get claimed if you put him on waivers. I keep forgetting yeah, that. Toronto would snatch him up in a heartbeat. Are you kidding? Yeah. Babcock well, is, is, Babcock is, is, so here's the thing. Can I the computer. Let me ask you this. Is Glenn Denning going to, I mean, isn't he on an entry-level contract still? Or was he, at, no, he was on unrestricted free agent. I'm he sorry. was an undrafted free yeah, agent. He, was, so he I don't... was undrafted free agent. I'm sorry. I yeah. keep thinking that they, <laughs> they just signed him like as out of, okay. Let me, yeah, okay. He's 26 years old. Yeah, he's waiver eligible. I keep forgetting how old he is. Oh, God. Yeah, he's like a little Tom Hardy. So, yeah, Yurko, obviously. Yurko and Polkanen are the... Yurko, Polkanen, and Glenn Denning are the three. Yeah. And there's nobody else. So, I possibly think that Callahan might, maybe, maybe? I think he's got a decent chance of getting put on waivers and also not clearing might want to give him. I mean, obviously, maybe one of the... I mean, maybe L.A. wants to give it, like, a, you know, a homegrown feel, even though it's not really homegrown, which is kind of like a, you know, a pun in itself because of the legalities there, maybe. You guys get what I'm saying? Are you talking about marijuana? What? <laughs> no, that's not legal here. I'm sorry, J.J., what? I don't know. Illegal. Illegal. All right, let's get away from that. Uh, the second EA trade from Jonah uh, wants Kevin Shattenkirk for Helm, Smith, Ferk, or Tiverton, and a second-round pick from 2017. So Honestly, Jonah, my, did yeah, you my, plug my, this my, into NHL 15 before you – because that is a weirdly specific 
yeah, trade my, there. My question there is Kevin Shattenkirk, like a guy who could be a top pair defenseman, like really you think that's something that the LA Blue like I mean LA would not LA but St. Louis would take? Nah, I don't think that was something that they'd take. Not I don't want to be mean, mean, but yeah, that's a spare parts trade. Like nobody I think wants Kevin Shattenkirk has maybe one season left as a top pair defenseman, maybe. Really? How old is he? How old is Shattenkirk? Is he like twenty nine or something? He looks weird. He looks like he's almost forty. <laughs> Have you ever seen him without his helmet on? Like he no. should always wear it. He looks nope. Jesus he is, look at him. He's, he is twenty six years old. Face makes me angry. So here's here's the question. Would you take trade would uh, so just going off of what everybody else has said in the comments, would you trade uh the rights to Adam Elquest for Kevin Shattenkirk? Oh, right? Sure. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Yes, I would trade um, the glass of water that I'm having now for Kevin Shattenkirk straight up. And St. Louis would have to retain salary if we're making unreasonable trade requests. Really? Yeah, that sounds right. So, clean water. Are you kidding? Kevin Shattenkirk looks like water. What? What? Go ahead, Joe. My question is: Is it purified water? Ooh. No. It's it. No. Come on. Mm, You might have to ante up a bit. (laughs) Uh, fine. I, I won't yeah, have the retained salary. I would trade a lot of our prospects for a guy like Shattenkirk. So, and that's just me because I, I, I don't know. I think he's and I think he's a guy that the Red Wings could really use at this point. So, forty-four uh, points in fifty-six games last year. I mean, does he, anybody say no to that at no. this point? I mean, you you think that a guy with what was it forty-six points? Is that what you said? In or was it forty-four points? 44 points in 56 games. 44 points in, yeah. So, I mean, what would you trade for that going in, you know, into the trade deadline last season? What would you give up for that? I would give up um, Helm Smith, Verker Tverden, and its second round pick from 2020. <laughs> 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 All right. Uh... All right. He looks like the guy who played John Connor in Terminator Genesis had a baby with Andy Kaufman. That's my one complaint about Kevin Shattenkirk is he's fucking weird looking. Well, that's what you base your... I'm not saying he's bad at hockey. I'm just saying he's weird looking. And having a weird looking former blue on my team, uh, I guess you could do worse. I mean, at, least not, at least not Barrett Jackman. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's poisoned by the blues. Um, yeah, I take him. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, the last question is biggest shot coming out of training camp. What do you think? In terms of what? That's what I Whatever. got. Could Whatever. be a surprising player making the team, someone surprising being waived or sent to Grand Rapids, or, God forbid, an unforeseen important injury, or anything else that could be deemed shocking. Well, I don't know. Anthony Mantha leads the team in <laughs> points in the preseason and is the last cut. I don't know if, that, I don't know if I'd call it shocking. He's cut. Uh, Larkin is cut before Mantha. That's the other part of okay. That's a good that equation. <laughs> that's a, that's a good one right there. But I think mine is out of training camp. Jimmy Howard is the name is the starting goalie over Peter Mrazek. That's the easy. That's that's the easy one for me. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Mitch Callahan earns himself a double digit suspension for a hit <laughs> he delivers in a preseason game. You'd think that you'd think that is a surprise. I think it would be shocking. So surprise, basically. You, you would like like wide eye to that, like wow. No, but it would 
shock the rest of the world. Okay. I don't know, man. Remember when remember when Timu Polkanen got one? That was a wide eye to me. I was like, really? Yeah, that was hilarious. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Timu Polkanen? It was a bad hit, though. It, it, it was a shitty hit. I was like, oh, yeah. God. Yeah, you idiot. <laughs> Not like when Brendan Smith got eight games for that blind shot on Ben Smith. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was a real shitty hit, too. Wait, there is one more question. I'll, I'll leave it to uh, Joe's going to get to answer this one. Old Man Hockey says, I was just wondering. <laughs> what do you think, Joe? Joe, go ahead. I think that's very typical of Old Man Hockey. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I gave that one to Joe. I knew he'd have the right answer. <laughs> what are you talking about? I always have the right answer, JJ. Wow. Yeah, I know. That's why I had to give you the hardest question. That's a true blogger right there. I can throw the softballs at Kyle, but... What does that mean? <laughs> Go on, JJ. What does that mean? I'm sorry, what? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'll just go gonna... ahead and leave, leave you on the line until you answer that. Well, you're that the was... one who gives us the, the Matt Stafford opinions that we're hankered for. Is that what everybody asks about? Anyways, <clears throat> uh, so that concludes the, uh, <laughs> the next... Uh, well, this episode of Winging It in Motown Radio. Um, JJ, why don't yeah. you go ahead and close us out? Uh, anybody have any final non-hockey-related thoughts or hockey-related thoughts? We don't have to do it like Jeff. Yeah, fuck you, Jeff. That's a good thought. Yeah, fuck you, Jeff. <laughs> fuck you, Jeff. That's it? Wing Just it. fuck you, Jeff? Wing it. I think that's... I'm winging it in Motown. Yeah. I think Dan Cleary is a great signing. Just kidding. <laughs> April Fool's it's not April anymore. Whatever. I was just joking. God, fuck you guys. <laughs> Nobody knows how to take a joke anymore. <laughs> just leave all this in. Everybody fans, it's Dan Cleary signings. It's, it's three years in a row we've taken the same joke. <laughs> fuck you, Philadelphia. Hmm. Who's typing? I am. What are you typing right now? Uh, I'm typing the promo headline for the Wim Radio article that's going to go up as soon as this episode is completed. <laughs> <laughs> Winging it. <laughs> Winging it, Motown. Winging it. <laughs>